0: By faith, we understand that God created heaven and earth. All right, welcome to Spirit in the Word podcast, episode two. Uh, I'm Max Palmer, and today we are going to be talking about healing. Healing that is supernatural from the Lord, uh, and is something that is honestly kind of a controversial topic uh, in a lot of places. Um, There's a lot of misunderstanding about what that means. Does that mean that people are not into medical science? Does that mean that we shouldn't go to the doctor when we're sick? Um, What does the Bible actually say? What am I allowed to pray for? What does God say about healing? Does he give us sickness for our benefit? Uh, And there's a lot of different ideas out there. And so, what I want to do today in this episode is talk about what the Bible has to say. And we believe, once again, in this, this is Spirit and the Word. We're talking about the Lord moving supernaturally uh, and through His Spirit. And what does the, the Word, what does the Bible tell us? Okay, we believe that God speaks and spoke through uh, the people who wrote this book and we also believe, I believe, and have experienced that God also speaks to us through our spirit. We have the Holy Spirit in us and He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. And also Jesus says in Ephesians chapter 3, I believe, uh, that through faith Jesus actually can abide and dwell in our hearts. Um, and so, of course, he speaks through us by abiding and dwelling in us, kind of like we talked about last episode. There are a few things that I want to cover just in this first podcast, and this might be an extended podcast in the sense that it's a big topic, might have to break it into multiple episodes. One of the questions I think that comes up when in the area of healing, and once again, uh, when we talk about this, we are not against medical professionals, we, there's obviously, like, such a place for that it's so needed so awesome and part of the reason I'm talking about this topic is we are um, dealing and are in the midst of the coronavirus epidemic and we all know at least probably one person who has the virus and probably all know at least one person in the medical profession or field in the midst of, of a dangerous time and when we have someone in our life who is sick or is close to death or is struggling with an illness, or maybe a disease, or a physical affliction like a broken arm, or a wound, or whatever. What is our response as Christians to such things? All right, and once again, it's not. Don't go to the doctor. That's not. What I don't want you to hear that because I think that's what people hear praying for supernatural healing. Uh, instantly, we think going to a doctor means you don't have faith. No, that's not. They're not mutually exclusive. So we want to talk about that today. The two questions I kind of came up with um, that I think people struggle with is, am I allowed to pray for the sick and not just pray for them that you know the doctor's hand would be guided, whatever things like that but am I allowed to pray for God to supernaturally heal someone who is sick? And why is it okay, or even encouraged, to pray for the sick in the Bible? So when we're talking about that, praying for the sick, you know, prayer is conversation with God. It encompasses interacting with God and we can supplicate, means ask questions, ask for things, uh, intercede, which is kind of a similar idea of where you're interceding for someone, you're praying for them on their behalf, uh, for their benefit. And there's um, repentance, where you've done things and you're turning yourself from it. And also just enjoying God. Sometimes there's a, an analogy of going through the Um, The tabernacle there's different places in prayer and the holies of holies is just kind of encountering the Lord and and Now I think that we are always in the holies of holies in the place that the Holy Spirit has come to rest on each one of us and Collectively as the temple. So we're gonna dive into this. What does the word have to say? And there's gonna be a lot of Bible reading today during this in Hebrews 1 1 We get the idea of who Jesus is and a lot of times we're, we're wondering, we're curious, what is God actually saying? What has he said? Is this in his will? What is his will? How do I know what he's speaking? So let's go to Hebrews 1.1. It says, and I'm reading once again from the ESV Bible. Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world he is the radiance of the glory of god and the exact imprint of his nature and he upholds the universe by the word of his power after making purifications for sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become as much superior To angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs okay what does that mean i mean that's just awesome but what does it mean uh practically talking about healing well the question of what is god's will what is his plan. A lot of times we say, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And it's just um, kind of, for lack of a better term, like a Hail Mary as far as we don't know what we can expect, what we are allowed to pray for, what we're allowed to um, supplicate for outside of just kind of generic prayers but we we do know and that's kind of how it operated a little bit. I mean, God would speak to people. He'd speak to the uh, forefathers and to the prophets back in what we call the Old Testament, but it says he has spoken in the past tense, he has spoken to us by his son. That means what Jesus is representing is what the Father has said. It is what The word of God is proclaiming as accurate and truthful. So when we look at things, when we don't understand, we need to look through the lens of Jesus. He is the spoken word. We're not just wondering anymore what God's will for us is in the overall scheme of things. Okay. He's spoken to us through Jesus. So with that, we need to look at what Jesus did and said during his earthly ministries okay so that's kind of the the transition there in hebrews it says that he is the exact representation and that he's spoken to us through his son all right so we're going to hit up a few verses that talk about kind of what are we allowed to pray what are we allowed to supplicate for um, as christians as people who've put their trust in jesus as the messiah who have um been are being sanctified through the holy spirit what are we allowed to pray for. So what does it say in John 14, six, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on the account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me Anything in my name, I will do it. All right, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, First of all, this reiterates once again, just what Hebrews said, that if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. There's not a mystery there. It's not a mysterious gospel of like the father is angry and Jesus is like the nice guy or some in some traditions that is actually the nice one uh, who's kind of holding Jesus and the father back from their anger. Jesus saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. There's not a mystery here. And if you, if you don't believe me for what I say, actually believe me because of the works that I do. So we see that there's a connection between the work and belief. And so, When he says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do because the father is in Jesus. Jesus is in the father. And he says, you know, we are one. The works, the father does his works through Jesus. And then it's making the connection that whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So it opens the door that if we are asking him and we believe in him and the works that he's done, we then have the access to Jesus and the Father to ask for things and do the things that Jesus himself has done. Okay, this is not like with a little twist on the end, and I'm trying to read chunks of scripture because a lot of times people will say that scripture's taken out of context, specific verses are taken out of context, so I'm trying to read you know, the whole, the whole um, context here. So along those veins, so we have, we're gonna make some connections here between the Father is in Jesus, Jesus and the Father, they are one, and Jesus says, if you don't believe me based on what I say, believe me based on the works that I do. So then we're going to move on to fourteen, chapter 14, 11 through 24. So a little bit of overlap. And the idea here is that Jesus is in the Father. Father is in Jesus. Jesus is doing these works and that the, the Father may be glorified through these works. So he's being glorified through the Son. So we're going to reread over just a little bit here and go on to uh, verse 24. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. That's verse fourteen. If you love me and you will keep if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. There's obviously a lot here and I'm looking at this in specifically in the context of healing because there's some just awesome material going on here. But what we're seeing is that in the earlier section of chapter 14, he's making the connection that the father who dwells in me does his works. Believe that I am in the father and the Father is in me or else believe on account of the works themselves. And then he's making the connection that we, where we just read, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. So he's making his home, the Father and Jesus' home in us, also the Holy Spirit, the helper. But how will the world recognize that he is in us, that the Father is in us? Well, let's see how we recognize it in Jesus. Verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. And so we're seeing that one of the ways that we represent and manifest the Father and Jesus and Holy Spirit dwelling in us is, if you don't believe us just saying it, is based on the works, all right? And we're going to go in later and establish what works did Jesus actually do. We're going to quickly go ahead and just jump to some verses that essentially reiterate uh, some of the same things. So John 15, 16, because we really want to make sure that we understand that Jesus is saying, if you believe in me and you do what I say, this is not a compromised life. This is a life that is lived in conviction in the Holy Spirit, believing in Jesus. If you believe in him and are abiding in him and listening to him and doing his words, he is in us makes his home in us. And it says that if you ask anything in his name, he will do it. And the reason it kind of alludes to is that the work is done that the Father may be glorified and that people may understand that he is in us and we are in him. Because he says that if he is in the Father and the Father is in him, at least believe it based on the works that he does. John 15, 16-17. And he says here, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. All right. So he says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. The reasoning here is that in the fruit itself, the God is glorified. That if he does a work, he's glorified through that work. Let's keep going. John 16, 22. So also you have sorrows now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So we see that if something is asked uh, in his name, it can be received. And that one of the fruits that is born is that our joy may be full. Joy in who? Joy in him. We're going to come back to this. I'm going to take a little tangent here. And if we jump to James chapter 4, we're just going to jump. This is kind of off the cuff, but we're just going to go for it. What what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Okay, which is a verse that is oftentimes brought up as you know, if we're praying for things, we don't receive it, maybe it's asked for it in wrong motive. But Jesus is saying, if if this is bringing me glory, you have the freedom to ask for it. And it is within the boundaries of, okay, this isn't being asked for for selfish gain. And how do you know it's not for selfish gain? Well, joy in the Holy Spirit is one of them. Just because you get joyful through your friend or family member getting healed does not make it... Um, selfish gain. Also, if someone's getting healed, and we'll see this in the scriptures, it glorifies the Father, which obviously is an incredible fruit that we want to be uh, harvesting, manifesting. Okay, we're going back to John. John 16, 22 through 28. In that day you ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. What does that mean in this context? In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. What we have to understand is that when we come to God in prayer, we're not coming as orphans, we're coming as His sons, His daughters. He loves us and He wants us to, to bear these fruits. He wants us to see the things that Jesus did done through us, and one of those things is healing. Let's keep going. John 17:6. Jesus says, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word." So what did Jesus do? What was his ministry on earth? Part of it, I mean, it's multifaceted for sure. He says, verse six, I have manifested your name. What did he do? He manifested the name of the Father. I have some other verses that we'll quickly read through, but we're gonna keep that in the back of our mind. He manifested uh, the Father's name to the people whom the Father gave him. So let's jump to John 17, 15 through 23. I do not ask that you take them, this is, once again, this is Jesus talking. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So we're with Jesus, we are not of this world anymore. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. What did Jesus do? What was part of his ministry? He manifested the name of the Father to the world. As you sent me into the world, verse 18, so I have sent them into the world, and for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in the truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word What is this saying? It goes back to where we started. Jesus is saying, you are in me, Father. I am in you, and they are one. In Hebrews 1, it says, God has spoken to us through his Son. In verse 20, he's saying, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through your word. So the future generations, the people that are not right there with Jesus. So it shows that the work has to continue, and why does it have to continue? Because just like the Father was in Jesus, and he said, if you don't believe me because of my words, at least believe me because of the signs, the things that I'm doing, the works that I'm manifesting, I'm manifesting the Father's name to the people that the Father has given me. And he's saying, I don't ask all of this just for those who believe in me right now, the apostles, which is sometimes people also think that uh, the gifts stopped with the apostles. But we see here, he's saying for future generations, for, for those not just who believe in me now, but will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be in us. What is one of the ways that we show the world that he is in us? If they don't believe it through our words, just like Jesus said, if they don't believe it through my words, at least believe it through the things that I do, through the manifesting your name. And he said, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them. Okay, that's just incredible. But the glory that you've given to me, the things that we look at Jesus and we say, well, that was Jesus. He could do those things. But he's saying, the glory you've given me, I give to them. That they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me. So he's saying, you, Father, in me. I and them, and it's this relationship of the Father dwelling in Jesus, Jesus and the Father—they are one. But it's this incredible revelation that He wants to be as manifested as His glory is from the Father. He gives to us so that the world may know that You sent Me. Well, how did the world know that He sent Jesus? If he, they didn't believe because of His words, believe because of the signs. So we need to be pairing the preaching with the ministry of praying to see what Jesus saw. So really quickly, this went longer than I had anticipated, but we're gonna just quickly look at some of the things that Jesus did. He's saying, I manifested your name to these people. You are in me, I am in you, to the Father. He is in us, and that we may represent him, that he is in us, how do we prove it to the world? Is it that in the same way, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. And in verse 23, I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. So what did Jesus do? Let's look really quickly at some works that he did. All right, Matthew 18:14 through 17. So Jesus was with Peter. Peter was married, um, if you didn't know. So it says, "'And when Jesus entered Peter's house, "'he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. "'He touched her hand, and the fever left her. "'And she rose and began to serve him. "'That evening they brought to him "'many who were oppressed by demons, "'and he cast out the spirits with a word "'and healed all who were sick this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet isaiah he took our illnesses and bore our diseases so that verse the prophetic verse about jesus from isaiah about taking our illness and bearing our diseases is paired with him healing and setting people free it's also later paired with being just set free in general from sin which is incredible these are tied together so closely but we see that he manifested the father's name by casting out spirits for the word healing all who were sick if jesus was doing the works of the father and the father has spoken to us through jesus and jesus is saying father you we, and you and i and the holy spirit will make our home in them then how do we manifest him and show the world his name well, what did jesus do we just saw it. he cast out demons healed all who are sick. I'm not saying that's all of it, that that's the entirety of the ministry, but today we're talking about healing and it's certainly one of the ways that we can represent Him here on earth, we can manifest His glory, we can glorify the Father, and we can show the world that doesn't know Him that He is real and that He lives in us by the works that we do. This is to be encouraging, this is not to condemn. One of the things I wanna make sure that you're hearing is that this is not to condemn. If you had someone who died that was sick, this is not to condemn anyone's faith. It's not to make anyone feel regret or feel guilty. It's to say that there is something more that we can live for and pursue to see and that we can just manifest his name here on earth and it's a beautiful thing and it's not to condemn. It's to say, let's start to pursue this. There's more that we can see Um, that maybe we're not seeing yet and we're going to start to see how faith is tied into this but once again it is not to condemn is to just edify and build up and say maybe we're not seeing everything that we can see as a church because we want to make sure that we are manifesting his name to the world and that is one of the ways we can do it so until the next episode comes out maybe pray for the sick and to pray that they will be well remember that he says if you ask him my name we will see it and you will see it and you will manifest his name here on earth. All right, thank you for tuning in. This is the first part. There will be a second part uh, to follow up on some other questions that are there, but and if you have any questions, of course, feel free to, you know, email or message me. We'll talk about some of the other things, some of the other questions, but until then, be edified in the father and continue in the love and God bless breath by faith Abraham left off of the promised land of his call by faith